Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hello, 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 and welcome to another good day. <laughs> Hi guys, how you doing? Um, been processing and mulling about so many things in anticipation of having surgery in a few days as of this broadcast going live. And um, big one, obviously, that's on my mind right now is prayer. Um, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in healing. I believe in miracles and signs and wonders. That is actually not at all the point that I've been thinking about, but I've been thinking about um, specific components of prayer and also have it quite um, forward in my memory right now. A lot of conversations that I've had recently with what, what can we pray for? And to what degree does God respond to prayer? How do we utilize prayer? And while this can be like an expansive heading that we could talk about forever, and man, it would be super fun to talk about it forever. I mean, we have eternity, right? Um, I want to hone in very specific on how much is too much. And I do believe like in a previous podcast, we, we went down the road of the God of abundance not being the God of just enough. And in our own pursuit of Jesus, this does become a conversation that you have to um, have with yourself of how good is God? Does God expect us to only ask or come to him in prayer for things that reach a certain threshold? Are there things that are not prayer worthy? And to give a extreme um, kind of uh, comparison right now, and this is kind of where I started with the conversation with Jesus on my own, was Jesus said, you can pray for cancer, but Lindsay, you can also pay, pray for slivers. And that's why the title of this podcast is Slivers and Cancer. And can I tell you right now, being a person that has been in the position to pray for people with cancer, this is not in any way, shape, or form degrading the journey, the the taxing, the um, emotion, the every part of what the big C word brings into it. My, my point is that we weren't empowered to only pray for God's intervention against the things that we have decided are at the highest part of the totem when God has made himself completely available for things as insignificant 
as a sliver. And to back this up, we were given one model of prayer from Jesus himself. And I'm sure many of you guys know this. It's considered the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Minor digression, whether you say sin, sinner, whatever, they're all the same. We believe in the same God. But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then we added, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That prayer as often as it is spoken, as often as it is dictated, as often it has, as it has been inset in tradition and art, homes around the world, this is the foundation of what Jesus said we ought to pray. And we come from a position of acknowledging God as our Father. And for intents and purposes of this particular podcast, that we pray your will be done, and then it is answered what his will is. It's not a guess and check. His will is on earth as it is in heaven. And as offensive as this can get, because I've told you guys a part of my testimony, I've had this in my experience where what I just decided was given to me by God to somehow create some character that actually doesn't work at all in the construct of that there is no pain or suffering of any way, shape, or form in heaven. There is none. So you cannot pray on earth as it is in heaven, pulling something from a kingdom that it does not exist in. First and foremost, it is an incredibly important place to go to with the Lord on what you believe he gives. What you have determined comes from God. He does not give pain. He does not give suffering. I would even suggest in my own experience and understanding of the Lord at this point, our human language to say that God allows or permits something for the betterment of us still gives him some type of credit for the exact thing that does not exist in his kingdom. I'm extremely passionate about this because I do believe it's one of the reasons that we don't see more breakthrough yet. It is our understanding of God's goodness and our willingness of the things we don't understand to remain in mystery instead of creating theology or understanding where it should not be. The Lord does not permit or allow suffering. He does use things that happen. Is this outside of sovereignty? I would argue no, because if you are saying that it is, then you have constrained sovereignty to chronological time, which is a created thing. God's not in time. God's not, he's not relegated to chronological time. He is not a responsive, uh, reactive being like we are, which means that every moment that happens, we build upon God. God does not build upon. He doesn't learn. He he is all-knowing. It's a crazy concept, but to bring it back to that 
that point of understanding, he doesn't need the orchestrated, created form of order known as time, like we do, because he's outside of it and has the capacity to endure and know all things because he is all things. And all things exist in him because of him. That might be really deep, but I want your brain there before we start talking about prayer. Because the goodness of God, the goodness of God is what you're putting your faith in. And it is impossible to please God without faith. So as we grow in faith, I would like to suggest to you that your faith is going to increase the more you trust in a person that is ultimately good. And his goodness is is being um, mirrored towards you in a way that he does not cause pain or suffering or allow it in order to get you from point A to point B. Though there is mystery and still separation in a world that has suffered sin, that these things exist. Pain and suffering exist. Go back to the beginning podcasts um, to see where I fall on these specific things. Pain and suffering exist, but they're not from God. Can we agree on that? Pain and suffering are from God as much as God allowed or permitted sin. No, God and allowed, God allowed and permitted free will so that we could choose him, choose to love him so that we would not be slaves, but that we would have the opportunity to choose freely. We know what happened when the choice went the wrong direction. But as much as Adam and Eve made a choice, it's not on God what the fallout was. It has been God's desire since that particular point to redeem and reconcile and restore things back to what his original design was. So don't for one second give him credit for something that was never a part of his original design. Fair, offensive, hard to understand, maybe, but it's important. It's really important. Okay, I'm off my soapbox for a second, but this, this, is, this is interesting for me because, um, what, I'm 39 years old. I, and by the way, I'm not pretending that I have a lot of wisdom. I'm 39, and God's been gracious and kind to me and giving me um, opportunity to be hum- humble. Sorry, I was going to say humility. <laughs> He's given me opportunity to be humble. He's given me opportunity to change my mind, to to repent, to be convicted, and to ultimately come to a greater understanding to some extent of, of who he is. I mean, that's the point, right? Glory to glory. And I would argue my understanding of not attributing any way, shape, or form pain or suffering to God uh, gives me the ability to pray for things in a way that maybe some other people don't because they believe that pain and suffering to some extent are from God. So if you believe it's from God, then why are you going to pray it completely away? Right? But if you know it's not... And he says, on earth as it is in heaven, then it becomes a lot easier to start praying for and declaring from that position, which is why I go back to slivers and cancer. 
I've heard so many people, and I am one of them as well at one point in time in my life, that especially entering into more um, charismatic and Pentecostal traditions, when you come into these uh, specific people groups and traditions that have been taught that, that God is gracious and that he wants to heal everything, sometimes when you hear, oh, brother, can you pray for my cold? It's really offensive when just 10 minutes ago you were praying for the person that is in the stages of miscarriage or just found out the big diagnosis. And we start getting angry with other believers because they're weak and asking for prayer in places that are relegated to the really important things. What things does God think are not important? Biblically, he was always interested in people being hungry. He was interested in people being seen. He was interested in taking care of the heart of the person that had actually wronged the community. Think about the woman that was being persecuted and called out for her sins in front of everybody. And Jesus bent down, and the story goes that he started drawing something in the sand. And there's been speculation that he potentially could have been writing the sins of everybody else in the crowd that was ready to cast the stone at this woman for cheating on her husband. And when he bent down, there is this, there's this beautiful depiction that he potentially could have been sitting there and writing down everything that anybody else had ever done. And ultimately, no one picks up a stone and walks away because everybody has recognized that they're a sinner. Today, if someone asked you just to pray for being depressed and and accused of something they actually did, how many of us would be like, you deserve that? Why would we pray away that? And yet Jesus demonstrates that there literally is nothing that isn't important to us that's not important to him. And pain, depicted metaphorically like a sliver or having a hard day, having that straw that breaks the camel's back, is no more relegated to importance than when it is something that we would categorize as the stage five meltdowns or the really big hinges in our lifetime. The deaths, the diagnoses, the surgeries, the the great plot twists. Jesus actually tells us everything matters and you have not because you ask not. Because he states explicitly what his will is, that my will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And friends, there is no pain or suffering in heaven. I can promise you that. It's interesting then, and this is where I'm going to go into my personal personal rabbit trail of thoughts that I would love for you to be sitting in your car or your home and you start to think about this. I don't actually think most of us don't believe in healing. Just most of us have not seen things that we would say are, are big 
big healings, like people getting out of wheelchairs or seeing limbs grow out or, or metal dissolving from people's bodies. Mind you, I come from a church covering that sees these things, and I have seen radical things happen on a Zoom account. I've watched God work from praying and laying hands on a computer screen. It brings me to tears because I've seen it and I have no explanation for it other than God is so amazingly cool and he's not bound by our our beliefs, our theologies, our offenses, by time or space, computer screens. He is always out there to show us how big and accessible and amazing he is. And I've seen these things. I've seen these things and seeing them has actually made my faith want to go and see more of them, but here in my community. And I wonder, as I wonder, is it possible that what we consider the top grade miracles, the top grade healings will come as we start to trust God with all the things that we've relegated as not worth prayer? If he says, in my weakness, he is strong, then what part of my life do I allow to be weak? All these questions, you guys. When my child, my kids are are older now. I've got teenagers. But when they were little and they came to me and they had scraped their knee, would I looked at them and said, toughen up. You're good. Stop crying. You don't need a Band-Aid. When they burn their finger on the stove, toughen it up. When their feelings were hurt by something really silly, by a peer at school in kindergarten or first grade, suck it up. Now, I know these metaphors are talking about children, but again, we are always seen as the child in the situation when it comes between our relationship with Jesus. And I believe that my willingness to lay down my, my pride on what I'm strong enough to endure instead of asking God to come in is one of the starting points to seeing greater measures of miracles. I think that's possible. I I do. I think there's something in that. Um, Fun fact, I'm actually going to bring my friend on here in the next few days, Sam Bender. She is incredible. And we are going to volley back and forth on this subject because she's amazing, um, amazingly wise and has seen quite a few healings as well. And I just want to give context for people to go there because you guys, praying for the cold is as important as praying for cancer. Praying for the sliver is as important for seeing blind eyes opened. It's not just how you have stratified or qualified certain levels of problems that people need, but it is the ability and the willingness of God saying, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And your willingness to be risky in knowing that just because you pray it the first time, you might not see the breakthrough, but not seeing the breakthrough does not actually mean God didn't want to do it. There's mystery. Jesus himself told the disciples when they said, Lord, how come we couldn't cast these demons out? 
said, these come with prayer and fasting. But he didn't mean prayer and fasting in that moment because can I, can I point out, and I know I'm throwing stories out again at you, but can I point out that Jesus himself was not praying and fasting in the moment that he cast out the demon? That was a part of his lifestyle. So it is demonstrated in that part of scripture that our lifestyle actually matters when it comes to, to moving in the power and the anointing of what Jesus said we were to do as believers. Heck, yes, I believe in healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and casting out demons. Heck, yes, I do. Yeah, I want to do it too. That's what we were called to do. Guess what happens when, when you actually start taking these things for face value? God gives you opportunity to step into that. And how many of us right now that would be offended with praying for our friends cold and actually annoyed with that would feel super comfortable walking into an accident situation where you're asked to raise the dead? Interesting, right? I mean, this is the life of a believer. This is what we have the opportunity to do. And I've seen it, I know it, and not some of it firsthand, but I have met people that have moved in these realms of power with Holy Spirit, and it is mind-boggling to me, because can I tell you what? A world that wants to know God no longer is searching when they are seeing Him on display, and He loves to be on display because it brings glory. God is not embarrassed about doing exactly what he wants to do. He wants to heal. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Isn't it interesting that it starts out with, don't forget all the benefits in God. And goes on to say that he delivers my life from the pit. He heals me from all diseases. You get into people then saying, well, disease is a big word. No, no, it means everything. All infirmities, everything. Again, on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't this a powerful conversation to talk about? What if it doesn't have anything to do with your theology or understanding, but because Jesus said, that when you believed in him, you'd be empowered by him, and you right now could lay hands on anybody or, or pray for anybody and see them healed, not because of anything you're good at, but because of God's desire that after Jesus died, raised, and ascended, he'd put a spirit in you so that you could be a willing vessel that he could use and do everything that he wants to do, bringing heaven to earth right now. Let me break that down simply. What if, and I'm talking to believers right now, being a believer in Jesus is all that you need to be qualified to pray and see breakthrough? What if that's it? What if the things that get away get in the way of that then? are all your disqualifications based on what you think you think you know? Well, how good is God? 
maybe he's maybe he's using that pain for good. I mean, look at it. it really looks like she's getting really strong moving through these next three days. Man, that the wisdom and revelation of God would just really show her what he's doing with this pain, with this suffering. What if all your thoughts that might not be all your thoughts start whittling away at this ridiculous accessibility and what God wanted you to move in freely starts to become locked up in certain mindsets and desires for understanding that were to be left in mystery that you might move in faith like a child. What if? I'm saying this too. I have people close to me that I I would love to see massive breakthrough. And I wonder constantly, Lord, why why what what did, what do I need to do? What what is what's wrong with my belief system? How how can I progress? And listen, I'm sure there's a lot of you that don't feel super impassioned in this area. It doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean it's not real. I I don't believe for a hot second there's anybody listening right now that you don't have one person in your life that you if you could see them completely, miraculously healed, restored, redeemed right now in this moment, that you wouldn't absolutely take the chance. Society has just taught us that taking a chance that we're not 100% sure of is potentially more harmful than seeing that breakthrough. Can I say, I think that is one of the greatest lies ever because when you're the person that needs the breakthrough, if there's any chance, if there's any chance that prayer is potentially that trial drug that you sign up and sign off on that maybe it'll work, prayer feels like one of the most least invasive ways to potentially have solutions for that people have relegated away to not being as powerful as it truly is. That it's the Christian thing to do instead of the exact conduit of bringing heaven to earth. How powerful is prayer? What do you believe it is relegated to? How good is God? What level of suffering does he expect you to be strong enough for before he steps in? All questions. But I'm going to tell you what. When you start asking the questions, I believe with my entire heart that you will see prayer become more powerful than you can possibly ask or imagine. Hey everybody, I've had the opportunity to get to know you on podcast, but now if you're local, let's get together. 
October 21st, Meant for More Ministries and Known to be Known Ministries are coming together to put on an event called Anchored in Anticipation. Are you ready to find community, be inspired, ignited, and equipped to actually walk in the kingdom realities of what God created you for? Come join us. For tickets, go to my Instagram page at Known to be Known or Lynn Schnorr and click on the link tree. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b dot com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.